Well, good morning, church. Uh, excited to be here with you today and sharing uh, the message. This is uh, a tough one. Um, you know, we've, we've been digging through this series on spiritual disciplines. We talked about uh, four inward disciplines. Uh, we talked about four outward disciplines. And now we're going to talk about four corporate disciplines, things we experience together. Um, and today is... <clears throat> Arguably the, the toughest one, and maybe even <clears throat> the toughest thing we'll ever do, but it also, in my opinion, reaps one of the greatest rewards, and, and so often in Christianity, that's, that's how it goes, right? Um, we go under persecution and the church thrives. You know, we, we see that throughout the church's history, and, and so uh, this morning... Um, just want to uh, share some some uh, thoughts with you, and uh, but before we do that, we're going to go to the the Lord in prayer. Let's pray, Father. Um, Lord, thank you for allowing moments like this. Thank you for being in here with us and allowing us to be in your presence. And and God, thank you for Jesus. Um, this uh, today's today's topic is is uh, is profound, and He paved the way god he he created the space for this and and so god we're so thankful for him thank you for sending your son um, god um, help us uh, take this on help us take this serious uh, god often too um, too much uh, kind of just carelessness is applied here Lord, and, and so I pray this is something we can take on as believers, as maturing in Christ, that we can take uh, a more serious approach uh, to, to this topic that we're going to be dealing with today. And so, Lord, just be with me. Um, you know, I didn't sleep good last night, and, and I just, I need you. Um, I need you every time, but I, I just uh, feel very inadequate this morning, and uh, God just uh, please just speak truth and love right here in this moment to each of us, God, that we can draw near to you and you draw near to us. Thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ in this room. I thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ around the globe. And I just pray, uh, God, for unity. I pray for perseverance uh, during these uh, difficult times that we're in. God, and I know things can always get more difficult, but uh, I just pray that you help us to endure and to represent Jesus Christ and how we respond to everything going on around us. We love you, Lord. Thank you. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, one of the, the tough things has always been for me is taking on an understanding of what Jesus went through. You know, we, um, we see Jesus, uh, his life, but then like towards the end, you know, we know, we know Jesus uh, took sin on and I, I think about the events when he was in the garden and, and the drops of sweat and he asked God why he forsake him. And, um, you know, we like try to process through what it was like, what it was like, you know, for Jesus um, to, to take all this on, to take on the full sin of humanity. Uh, you know, it says in uh, uh, Mark, 1534 let me flip over there 
It says that at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a, in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, you know, we, we've talked about this in our own life, right? Sin separates us from God. And Jesus, um, it says in, in uh, 2 Corinthians, flip over there, um, 2 Corinthians 5, 21 you know, I don't ever want you to miss this. It says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You know, so Jesus you know, t like takes it all. Like every, I, I still like I have, I get really emotional about that. I, I, I still can't just fathom what Jesus experienced in that moment because of all of our sin. You know, he, he is creation. You know, I, the Bible says everything was created in him and through him and by him. And for, for him to absorb the entire sin of all creation. Um, wow. We, we could just sit here in silence and think about that for hours. And maybe never come to any resolve. I, I don't know that that's something we can process, but it's something we know to be true. And, you know, what a moment on the cross when Jesus got to say it is finished. You know, and he, he got to be um, cleansed of that sin and that connection with the Father restored. Uh, just, uh, just a crazy moment. I, I can't, I can't like talk through all the details because I don't understand them all, you know, uh, but I do know again what the Bible says about sin and how Jesus became sin and sin separates and, and there was this whole thing going on for you and I, for love, for forgiveness and forgiveness, you know, I, like we love forgiveness. Who doesn't, who doesn't love forgiveness? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, 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 uh, I try to practice that in my life, to say that to people. Okay, I forgive you um, or ask for forgiveness. You know, um, I do that with my boys. Uh, I do that with my wife. You know, sometimes we need to ask for forgiveness for, for things we've done. And so, uh, you know, I try to make that a regular part of my life. But there's a little hoop. There's a little little thing uh, that we don't like to deal with very much in, in forgiveness. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of uh, what he experienced and the, and the gateway and the doorway that he opened up for us, uh, it's really uh, just awesome and amazing. But it's something that we don't want to take advantage of very often because it brings exposure to us. And the Bible calls us to live in the light. The Bible calls us to let the light be exposed. And, and so... Um, I want to talk about today the corporate discipline of confession. And I got to be honest with you, this is not uh, fun. <laughs> this is not going to be a fun thing to talk through because there's some of us in this room that have been living with some dark things for a long, long time. Maybe all of us in this room have been living with some dark things for a long, long time. And to get those out there and to expose those things uh, it's very risky and it's very challenging. And I know your, your first pushback is mine as well. 
uh, because the Bible says that Christ is our mediator, right? Let's just flip over there and read that. Uh, first, uh, no, no, no. First, yeah, First Timothy uh, two through five. First Timothy two, um, verse five. It says, "For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all." Which is the testimony given at the proper time, right? So we we get to go to Christ for confession, yeah. And and I hope you've done that. I've done that, uh, you know. And there's there's grace in that, right? Grace comes from God. There's this grace side of it, and we love grace, like we love forgiveness, and we love that we can go to God and like in the hidden corners of our room, cry out to God and and just own who we are, own what we did, right? We just get that out there. But there's a whole other part of Scripture. And like often we do, right, kind of talking about heaven, right? We, we want our, our ticket punched to heaven. No, nobody wants to go to hell. We want to go to heaven. And so we, we hang a lot on that, right? That's the good side. That's the woohoo side of things heaven but we don't want to talk about the following jesus part we don't want to talk about the fact that jesus called us to die to ourselves. we don't want to talk about the part that i'm supposed to pick up a cross every day and follow him we don't want to talk about what that looks like we just want to talk about the streets of gold right and how I'm not going to feel any more pain. And how I'm going to just, I'm, I'm. You know, we, we get in this habitual thought process. But brothers and sisters, the Bible just like says we get to confess to Christ. And at the end of the day, Christ is the only mediator, okay? Don't, don't hear me say anything else because I'm not saying anything else. But I'm going to tell you what Scripture says about the other side of this coin. Because it's there and it's an important part of our walk and it is a discipline. It's a discipline because it's our part. It's the action step and that's what disciplines are. You know, God's going to do his part. Our part is this discipline. I mean, that's the very essence of the word, right? I have to do something. And confession is a discipline. We choose a course of action. James five sixteen says... It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And don't miss the next part. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Confess your sins to one another. Hmm. The Bible doesn't leave it hanging with just go off into a dark room and confess to God. Right? The God who already knows what you did. <laughs> we, we, we love the easy road. And sometimes that's not easy. I'm not making light of that moment. I've, I've had to sweat through some of those. You know? Um, but we are called to confess to one another. And it's biblical. And it's in there. And there, there's other verses. Uh, like I'm going to talk about some other things that 
that even like promote this. Uh, and maybe maybe you didn't catch it when you read those verses, and, and I'm going to share some of those. But I, I think about my kids. You know, they they love to play this game called hide and seek. I remember playing hide and seek uh, around here when I was a kid. It was a fun game. You know, and we learn as a young person to hide, and we get really good at it. And at first, it starts out as a game, but then as we mature, as we go through adolescence and adulthood, uh, we learn to hide really well. We learn to put on the social mask that we need to for the appropriate moment. And we learn to hide. And then when we cross a line, when we make a mistake, we learn to cover it up. And and the hide and seek game that started out so innocently turns into a vicious cycle of lies. Lies, man, that word's been coming up a lot lately. You know, uh, it, it, it astounds me how easy it is for us to lie. And maybe you're sitting there right now and like, I'm not, I'm not a liar. You know, it's not always with words, right? Sometimes we just present ourselves as a lie. And we, and we lie to people when we don't need to. And we just, some of us have gotten in a habit. I mean, I've had people who I'm trying to help that just blatantly lie to my face and I'm like, why, why are you lying to me? Like, I don't even like, like you telling me the truth is not going to impact how I look at you or feel about you. Why are you lying to me? You know, like I, I just can't rationally understand that because I've proven myself in some of those relationships and like still the lies come. And I'm like, why are you doing that to yourself? Why are you living in that bondage? But we get so accustomed to the habit of hiding and lying. We are the people of God. And, you know, we like to refer to ourselves as the saints. You know, uh, Johnson uh, University, where I went to college, they, they have the senior saints program. And, you know, like and the Bible references us as the saints, but we have to remember that we are also start off as the fellowship of sinners. Because that's what we truly are. It's why the world calls us hypocrites, right? Because they see that we sin, <laughs> but yet we're in church looking all pretty and perfect sometimes. And again, perception, you know, uh, is reality, I guess, but... We don't always mean to do that, you know. It's not like uh, we're just blatantly trying to present ourselves as some holy piece of work when we're not a holy piece of work. But I think sometimes because we haven't uh, grown into a, a corporate level of confession with one another, the outside world doesn't doesn't see the struggle. The outside world doesn't see the wretch who's been saved by amazing grace. We hide. You know, and and we sometimes hide for all of our life. Fear and pride just cling to us. They're clinging to us all. Because let's, again, let's just be honest. Confession is risky, right? Because when I expose the things that I have to expose, um, someone else knows. 
someone else knows. But in confession, brothers and sisters, we release the healing power of God through our brothers and sisters. And our humanity is able to begin to be transformed. I believe that. I believe part of our biggest hang-up of spiritual growth is the fact that we've never confessed. We've never gotten it all out. Maybe we've had moments, right? Maybe you've, you've committed a sin and you figure out some way to call it something that sounds a little easier than just the blatant truth, you know? Um, and, and so you've, you've softened the blow and you've, maybe you've talked about it in a small group or maybe you've talked about it with a friend, but you've never just gotten it all out there. Diedrich Bonhoeffer wrote, Our brother, our brother has been given to us to help us. He hears the confession of our sins in Christ's stead and he forgives our sins in Christ's name. He keeps the secret of our confession as God keeps it. When I go to my brother to confess, I am going to God. You see, God has given us each other. That's, this is part of the community that we have. And I want to tell you something really special happens when you find someone that you can confide in, that you can trust. And, and I know uh, that's a difficult thing to do because to find that person, you actually have to do that. You actually have to do the risky part because you never really know. It's kind of like jumping into a marriage, right? You, you don't really know. Um, I heard, a, I, I heard a, a young couple um, recently uh, was talking to me and, and you know, they were, they were talking about their, their dating relationship and everything. And, and, you know, I was sitting there listening and, and I was smiling on the inside because like, they don't really know yet. They're going to find out, but they don't really know yet. They think that they know, but they don't know because they haven't really jumped into that risky place. And so a lot of us have trust with one another, right? To a certain level. But some of us have never really trusted someone, really, with that deep, dark stuff. And maybe some of it never like, resulted in you doing something. Maybe it was thoughts. Maybe it's things you harbor in your heart. But it's in there, and we were given each other. This is part of what we were given each other for. And there's a strong bond that happens and a unification thing that happens. And like it is amazing to experience true forgiveness. You know, I, I, I preached a sermon a uh, long time ago at Whitesburg called Besetting Sin. And I talked about that sin. You know that one or maybe two or maybe seven, maybe 25. I don't know. Uh, it's usually one or two things that people just cannot get over. It's like they, they have a season where they're in it um, and then they just can't get over it. Like a drug. I mean, it's like a drug. Uh, it was one of the things my parents like beat into me. Uh, there's not a lot of things that stuck, but drugs was one of them. Like, drugs are bad, drugs are bad, drugs are bad, you know? And I actually listened to that one. Uh, and, and so I never got into that world, but I've, I've watched friend after friend that has. And I've seen the struggle to break away from those addictions, you know, and, and we, um, we 
all have something like that. I think, I believe that. I, I don't know, maybe you're special and you don't, but I do, you know, and I, I've just in my Christianity walk, I've experienced with others, everybody I've ever met does. So um, we have this thing that we just, you know, just we keep coming back to. And, and so often I think one of the reasons we keep coming back to it is we've never really confessed. We've never dug into the hard truths of why. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Don't miss that. I want you to know I've used that verse before to um, release myself from having to go to a priest to be cleansed, right? Uh, that was the... That was the Old Testament way. And Jesus come along and became the, the ultimate priest, right? So like we started in the beginning, we, we get to come to Jesus. But don't miss this. I, I don't want you to miss it. Catch it. So stay with me. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. You are a royal priesthood. We are there to help the forgiveness process for one another. I believe that. And I believe this verse talks into that, speaks into that. That we are a royal priesthood for one another. Okay, again, this is a discipline. There's healing in it. Is, is you not confessing going to keep you out of heaven? I don't think so. I don't think the Bible says that. But it is going to keep you from experiencing the fullness of Jesus Christ. Did, did you catch that at the, at the end there? He wants to draw you into marvelous light. Not a trickle of light, but marvelous of light. He doesn't want a, a, a little trickle flowing out of you. He wants rivers of life flowing out of you. And I believe we so often miss it because we're not willing to do the risky thing and the difficult thing. And if we don't do the difficult thing back here, we're not going to do the difficult thing out here. And our maturity in Christ is never going to be what it's supposed to be. We are a royal priesthood. Confession alone Oftentimes, I've done it in the dark, in the, in the still of the night, the long nights where I can't sleep because I'm wrestling with something, sweating through something, and I confess in the dark. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, this all needs to be brought into light with one another. I'm, I'm, I just am convinced that we are not going to experience the fullness of Christ until we learn to confess to one another. It's a discipline worthy of the risk. So you can live more free in Christ who has set you free from the bondage of sin. But part of that setting free thing is each other. It's in there. It's in scripture, right? When he just sent the disciples out, he said, you know, I'm, you can forgive. And we have Christ in us. 
So we're a part of the forgiveness process. And, and, and again, don't, don't get, don't get lost. Don't make this something that it's not. I'm not telling you that, that your authority is over God's. It's in God. And it's part of the process. It's so healing when you confess and then your, your brother or sister quotes a scripture back to you about your forgiveness and prays for you. Doesn't judge you, doesn't hammer you, doesn't go out and gossip about you, doesn't spread it around, but is a part of the forgiveness process for you. Man, it's strong. We got to own it. We got to stop blaming other people. My upbringing, or this person did this to me, or this person, and so now I'm filling the blank. You know, at some point, we got to grow up. You know, I've, I've, again, I've dealt with a lot of youth over my years, and I've, I've, it's crazy um, how I've watched students grow up in horrible, horrible homes, and they're serving God faithfully. And I've watched students who grew up in some amazing Christian homes, and they want nothing to do with God. So ex- these are just excuses. Everyone is dealt a hand. Everybody. Right? We all live in our own circumstances, whatever they may be. And we got to stop blaming others. We got to own who we are. We got to we got to own our sin. And we got to confess our sin, our part, the things that we did, the choices that we made. And even though maybe some upbringing helped us make those choices, there's still choices that I am making. And I have to own it. 1 John 1, 9. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. We have to confess. There's another side of this, uh, Jeremiah 4, 4. Um, you know, I, I think often uh, this happens too. We, we want to live so much in, in the, the world of grace, the worldview of grace, and it's almost like we water down sin and we act like that sin isn't a big deal. Brothers and sisters, God hates sin. He hates it. And it's not so He can punish us. He hates it because it destroys us. He hates to see his children destroying themselves. I just want you to think about that. Like you watching a loved one hurt their self. He hates it. He abhors it. Jeremiah 4, 4 says, Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Remove the foreskin of your hearts, O men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my wrath go forth like fire and burn with none to quench it because of the evil of your deeds. This is not a joke, and it's not a laughing matter. And it's not some lighthearted thing. Sin is horrible to God. So much that there's a separation there. So much that Jesus had to come and live this life and endure humanity. And take on all our sins and be crucified and be separated. And like all this stuff that Jesus had to go through because of sin, this isn't a joke. 
And it's something as followers, we need to start taking a little more serious in our life, I think. There's no such thing as little sins. There's just not. And we just excuse it so often because I'm only human. And I think we just far too often, we do not take it seriously enough. So, so we've talked a little bit. So what do we do? What do we do? I'm going to encourage you with something here. This may not happen tomorrow. It may not even happen in the next year, but I'm telling you, as a believer, what I'm about to lay out here, I, I hope and pray that you experience the fullness of this moment. It's risky, it's scary, it hurts, it's painful, it's emotional, it's all of those things. But I think you need to deal with some stuff with one another. So um, just uh, to, to share, like, again, <coughs> excuse me, scratchy throat. <coughs> um, just to share uh, what I've experienced and what I've read others experience. So this is, this is kind of taken from that. Uh, first is prayer. You know, uh, if you want to do this, if you really want to do this, don't do it half-hearted. Like, just go all in. No holds barred, right? Just go all in. You know, begin praying. I don't even think this should happen tomorrow, by the way. I think you should begin praying, and you should begin praying through your entire life and asking God to search you through through your younger years, through your middle years, through your older years, maybe pre, pre-parenting, after-parenting. And divide up your life into the chunks that it is, whatever whatever those major chapters are into your life. And don't get too crazy with that. I mean, kindergarten, not, you know, um, no, like, you know, childhood, uh, adulthood, whatever. Like, and begin to pray and just spend time in each one. And don't do all the talking. This is a time, you know, we've talked through these spiritual disciplines of just shutting up and listening. You need to open yourself up to God as David did, the psalmist, when he asked God to search him. Search me and show me what is holding me back from true freedom in Jesus Christ. And then begin to write them down. Don't write them down with, with uh, uh, I, just write them down with purity, man. Like it doesn't matter what it says on that paper. Don't have any preconceived notions about it. Don't just, with a recklessness, write it down. Use whatever language is coming to you in your prayer time and write it down. Pray and write and pray and write. And you do that until you're done. Till every nook and cranny of your soul and your heart and your mind have been fleshed out on a piece of paper. That's dangerous, right? Because someone could get the piece of paper. I get it. I get it. I really, truly do. But I'm telling you, I think you need to do that. And then when everything is down and you've held nothing back and you've been just brutally honest and pure about what God has shown you and you've written it all down, you need to find someone. And look, I don't, this is not, church, this is a tough moment. 
Because unfortunately, there are people in this room who aren't mature enough to handle this. I hope you're not one of them. But there are Christians everywhere who are not mature enough to handle this. They have to grow to maturity. Okay? So again, this is a prayer thing. I think you need to pray over this long and hard about who you do this with. I also believe it either needs to be a spouse or someone of the same sex. I just pretty sure that's right. And honestly, even if it is a spouse, I want to encourage you to find someone of the same sex. Because there's we are men and women and there are differences and, and there's just something there's just something there. You can argue with me if you want, that's fine. I believe the Bible allows for that. There's definitely differences. And I, I think there's special something special about a sister confessing to a sister and a brother confessing to a brother in Christ. I just think there's something special. So I'm, I'm all for this in the marriage, and that's fine. But like I, I just I think there's something there, right? And it's almost like you're it's almost like you're like that person you're you're gonna choose to you're not married to them, so there's more risk, you know. Or you may feel like no, no, the risk would be if I did that in marriage. But we have to confess to one another, and I want you to. Give them, read the letter, and then give them the letter. Give it to them. Give it to them. And we give it to them because it's like this releasing moment, you know. And I don't even know that you'll have this, like, epiphany moment. I, you know, I don't know. I, I just I just know this is biblical, and I, I think you really need to experience it. Um and I want to talk to you as the person being confessed to. Man, if that's you, if someone trusts you enough with that, don't break that trust. And I want to give you some words of encouragement. Uh, Richard Foster in his book, he, he wrote about when he did this. And when he handed it to his friend, his friend tore it up into a million shreds. And they threw it away. And then he quoted a, a scripture to him, but we do this because Christ first loved us. First John um, four nineteen. Says we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. We have to love our brother and sister in that moment. No judgment. Just a listener. Just a part of the forgiveness process. I want to encourage you as the as the listener to, to quote a, a, a scripture. Um, but Hosea, I, I want to read this, this verse in Hosea. Um, here's a good one. 11.4. says, I led them, I led them with the cords of kindness, with the bands of love. And I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws, and I bent down to them and, and fed them. There's, there's something that happens here that just draws us into a bond. Man, a special, special bond. And again, so often people don't experience this because they never take the risk. Like I've been around long enough to like live through 
uh, a lot of people's like family secrets coming out and surfacing at the wrong times or, you know, whatever. And like, how refreshing would it be to not have any secrets? Can you just like, just get there with me? I don't know what your sin journey's been like. Mine's been terrible at times. How, I mean, just how burden, burdenless <laughs> could it be to, to not have secrets? All right, gonna wrap this thing up. Um, so examine sorrow and, and sin, okay, and avoiding sin. These are the, these are the three things. So we want to we want to do the examining part, right? We want to pray and examine, and God reveal. Uh, I hope there's a sorrowful part. There's a sorrowful part for for the seriousness of how this has been with God. I I hope you go through that. We should we should feel mourning and sorrow and like that should be us. We've sinned. We've hurt God. We've hurt others. Like I hope you experience sorrow because of what we've done. And then avoiding sin. And it's not the effort to stop sinning. Uh, it's the effort to avoid sin by seeking God. Right? It's not the, I'm just going to stop sinning. You know, the, Jesus tells the story about the guy who had the, the demon in him and got cast out. He didn't fill it with anything and seven more came back. Like, not that. It's, it's not that I'm going to stop, just stop sinning, make war on my sin or, or whatever. It's, it's that I'm... I'm going to do something else instead of. Okay? I'm going to do something else instead of. It'd be like trying to stop watching TV and sitting in the living room with the remote in your hand. I'm not going to watch TV. I'm not going to, oh, I'm bored. All right? That's what happens. So I, it's not that I'm just going to stop sinning. I'm, I'm going to do some choosing to do something else. That's what these spiritual disciplines are all about. Replacing that with this. And we're seeking God first. And he's going to add all these things to us. And you know what it ends with is joy. It doesn't end with self-condemnation. It doesn't end with destructive thoughts. and bad. It ends with joy because we're set free. We're set free. And that's what I want for you. I want you to be set free. I want you to live in joy and have this abundant thing going on. And the discipline of confession. And I hope we become a confessing church. Let's pray. God, thanks again for this moment. Thank you for this tough topic. And I pray that we embark on this journey. Thank you for your son. Thank you for what he endured for us. Help us to be there for one another. Help us to be this priesthood of believers, this royal priesthood of believers. Help us to confess to one another. Help us to to be there to, to help in the forgiveness process, you know, and to tell our brother and sister, hey, you're, you are forgiven. Let me read you this scripture and, and you're forgiven. You've confessed, like you're, you're healed from this. And God, this isn't always a one-time moment. Sometimes things resurface. God, help us to, to, to work this out as you tell us, work out our salvation. Thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.